0: Well, there you have another episode of Straight of Combat Radio, audio medicine by Green Zone Hero. This interview impresses the heck out of me. This is a person who's on point on a great mission with Bunker Labs to help veterans find their way in the entrepreneurship business world. He's uh, deployed several times to combat zones as a special operator in psychological operations with the U.S. Army. Very humbled and honored to have Bill Quigley with us here today on Straight Out of Combat Radio. and I really appreciate you tuning in to another episode of our of our show. Your eyed killer shadow in the night. You were born to fight you gotta light them up. My name is John Crotech, and I want to welcome you to Straight Out of Combat Radio, Audio Medicine by Green Zone Hero. We're here to honor the wisdom of America's most valuable asset for combat veterans. We're authentic, we're empowering, we're American. Save us all before burn it down. Our veteran guest for this episode of Straight Out of Combat Radio, audio medicine by Green Zone Hero, is Mr. Bill Quigley. Bill is a former Army Psy- Psychological Operations First Sergeant who transitioned out of the service. After 20 plus years in the special operations community, he's doing a lot of things. Currently, he's the city leader for Bunker Labs in Tampa, where he encourages veterans and military spouses to realize their dreams of financial independence through entrepreneurship. In fact, he's the cohort manager of the Veterans Residence Program with WeWork, and we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into the conversation He is also the co-founder, something that he just launched in a soft launch, co-founder of Guerrilla Gurus, a design and ad agency specializing in guerrilla marketing. And I know that he is super excited about that. Throughout his career as a special operations professional, Bill was the beneficiary of innovation that enabled him to deploy to remote locations and accomplish the missions assigned to him. He had the opportunity to travel professionally to over 15 countries, sharing his knowledge of information dissemination strategies with partner nations. Being able to identify new and creative ways to message select audiences that resulted in positive and long-lasting change was vital to his success while in uniform. Bill served two combat deployments in Iraq, in addition to tours in Bosnia, Nigeria, Niger, and Qatar. It is because of those experiences that he is passionate about telling the story of innovation and the veteran community. You know, we're just glad that he's back all in one piece. I know he recently just had a baby daughter, and he's super excited about that. And uh, just want to say, hey, Bill, thanks for taking the time. I'm humbled to have you here. Welcome to Straight
1: Outta Combat Radio. Well, well, thank you, John. It's quite the introduction. So it feels sounds different when somebody else else is reading your bio back to you. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's, it's, it's,
0: yes, it makes you sound like somebody that really that not sound like <laughs> it, but you are important. You know, let's yeah. let's not mince words. I met you at a Bunker Labs. Uh, Event. I think it was the kickoff event last year up in Tampa. It was. was our official launch. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people up there. You guys are doing great things up there at Bunker Labs, and uh, super excited for this interview today. You know, before we get into the meat, you know, tell us a little bit about Bill Quigley and where
1: you came from and how you even made it to the SF community. Man, that journey started uh, 20 plus years ago. So I was straight out of high school, 17 years old, and just kind of already had that like that itch to go out and explore so i i signed up for the military for the army when i started my senior year of, of high school and then as soon as i graduated um, i was on a plane um, i originally um, did small device repair and they sent me after basic training and all that stuff i got sent to um, work with the special forces so third special forces group and i was a small device repair guy and right out the gates they take me to bosnia and fix some stuff for them there. And I did a good enough job that as soon as we got back, uh, they invited me out to go to Nigeria with them. And so that was an awesome experience. And I, I knew I needed to stay a part of the special ops community. And I had the opportunity to go into psychological operations and be a part of that. And, you know, with their mission statement, uh, really trying to win wars without ever firing a single shot, uh, that really drew me to them. So I did about 18 years in the in psychological operations.
0: You know, the, the language we use is psyops, but you know, I never really met anybody that did that, and uh, it's cur- I'm curious about that, you know, winning wars without actual conflict. Tell me how, many, how you guys did that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the, the intent, if it's done right, and, you know, it's, it's rarely that anything is ever done to perfection, right? But you want to eliminate the enemy's will to fight. So I'm too scared to even fight you before the battle starts, right? So when that battle starts... They're throwing down their arms, and so that was kind of. Even though that's not the way it always played out, that's the the way I approached like every mission is. All right, how can how can I eliminate the enemy's will through information uh, to fight? Now,
0: was it this kind of? Well, anyhow, this, we we don't want to give away anything anything operational, you know. But, uh, uh, yeah. you know, tell us, you know, some of the instances where you had great success. Can you think of any, Bill? I'm sure.
1: Yeah, you know, I can think of. You know, sometimes success. You know, if going back to like my first deployment in Iraq, you know, success was very different than I was in Ramadi um, in 06, 07. And so I knew I had a successful message if the enemy started firing at me, right? I was sharing information that they didn't want me. For example, uh, say a mortar was, was fired and missed our base and, and killed innocent civilians. We'd be able to identify where that mortar was shot from. So I'd drive my Scion truck out there with a the loudspeaker, and I'd let everybody in the area know what had happened. That you know, you allowed somebody to you know fire a mortar from this location, and it killed a you know killed innocent child. And when messages like that would play, the next thing you know, the 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 gunshots would start ringing out, and we knew that you know we we're kind of hitting a cord you know there with them because that wasn't something they wanted us sharing. Well, wow, interesting. You know, and.
0: You know, we've interviewed quite a few people here on on Strait of Combat Radio, and every story is just fascinating. We, we hear different aspects of the conflicts and the types of things that, that play out. You know, when you went to that first deployment in Iraq,
1: were you real sure of the mission? Yeah, you know, I think I was. I I, I didn't... I didn't necessarily, it was my first time in combat, so you never really know what you're getting yourself into, you know, you you hear the stories and you see the pictures. You know, at that time in Ramadi, which was extremely oppressed and we could really only move at night. I mean, I knew that mission was to liberate the individual, you know, in, liberate the people in Ramadi and remove, you know, the the enemy forces there. So I don't think that was ever in doubt how we were gonna do that. That was ever-changing and ever-evolving. And we played around with a lot of different strategies. And my deployment itself was supposed to be nine months. I ended up staying 15 because of extensions. And that was the time of the surge. It was very interesting because we got to see actual change, like tangible change in the city of Ramadi, Ramadi where we could, couldn't could only go out at night, right? We the, the night was our tactical advantage to thriving city when it was all said and done 15 months later. Can you think of anything in particular
0: that happened on that deployment that just sticks out in your mind that you just went, "Holy cow, this is the real deal," or "Or holy cow, I'm really making a difference." Anything
1: that you can think of, Bill? The the first holy cow moment, and I, you know, maybe I'll, I'll give a couple examples if there's time. But sure. first holy cow moment was really the first firefight you get into, and a standard patrol, and you know, when the the exchange of fire is going on. I thought I was going to be way more, like, kind of nervous and unsure, and I'll tell you what, there's a reason we train as much as we do stateside, because as soon as the bullets started flying, I just remember a kind of almost a state of calm, you know, just calling out, I was the team leader, so I was calling out the distance and direction of the enemy fire so that our gunner could then engage, and then, you know, we're just sharing information, nobody was panicking, and, and this is literally, I think, two, three feet, an RPG came from hitting our truck, you know, just whiz, you know, right by us. You know, I, that's when I knew I was in it, like, this is this is happening. But then I was also kind of, I was impressed with myself and my team. I was like, man, we got this, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, let me ask you this. So, gotta be harrowing, and, and you were so right about the training. Was this a capable enemy or, you know, you, did you know exactly who you were
1: fighting? Were there multiple enemies? What was it like? Yeah, you know, going into it, I didn't think they were capable. I really, I just didn't understand how, you know, civilian types, non-military types could compete against the military. You know, so, I mean, as far as technology goes, no, they weren't, but they were so innovative in a way, Um, you know, things that we wouldn't think were deadly, you know, they'd figure out a way to use those things against us, or maybe they'd even, I think they had a good idea too of of where we came from morally, right? So, you know, kind of in a more sad state, uh, where they got the one up on us on one patrol. You know, there was like a family calling for help. He's like, they need assistance. And it ended up being a suicide bomber. You know, so that's one of the ways they kind of tried to level the playing field is they kind of maybe used our own emotions against us.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like psyops of their own. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, the, the surge was definitely, sorry. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, what was your second Holy Cow moment?
1: That's That's probably the second one there, you know? Yeah, so I think... You know, and this goes back to making sure that you're getting out the right messages, the right people. And so the next holy cow moment was we'd actually were working with a local police chief there, and uh, we would record him about twice a week and we'd have a, a message that he wanted to give to the people and we had the capability to broadcast that message, uh, whether it be through our loudspeakers, and then also uh, we started setting up at the bases, we started setting speakers there at the bases, so the bases could broadcast information and uh, pre-recorded messages that we set. Um, we had a police chief and he, he was, you know, I don't, I don't speak Arabic, but I can, you know when somebody sounds like authoritative or inspirational, you know, that they have that voice that draws your attention. He was one of those people and so, We were, uh, you know, we'd go around the city broadcasting his messages, some of it, you know, inspirational Other just kind of giving guidance to the population. You know, we kind of messed up. We raised his profile uh, maybe a little too much. You know, after about a month of doing so, uh, he was assassinated. And so I think that was another holy cow moment. Like, I think we've got to be very, very careful how we elevate people and and make sure that they've got the, the right type of protection around them if we do elevate them.
0: Yeah, that's a sad story, really. You know, so so you spent 15 months in your first deployment, but and you had so much fun, you went back, right? Yeah, yeah, I
1: did. I did have a second round. You know, that was a little bit different. I went there as a as a planner, as a, as a psychological operations planner with a uh, combat brigade, and we happened to be the last combat brigade in Iraq. So I think this was 2010, 2011. We were the last combat brigade in Iraq.
0: How how had the war changed from the surge when things were really intense to the end of the war? What what was uh, with the end of the war for you? Yeah,
1: so I think what had changed, I mean obviously freedom freedom of movement, you know, in that area. I think the the Iraqi forces there at that time showed themselves to be more capable than they were in in 06. Yeah, I you know the the message had changed too where was less authoritative and we were more trying to be in the background. So our efforts as far as messaging was really just promoting the Iraqi military and the Iraqi police as a capable force. It was the big, big difference for me. Do you think, you
0: know, after having served two combat tours and American forces in Iraq with coalition partners, do you think, uh, do you think we made a difference there? Oh
1: man. Yeah. Some for the good, some for the bad. You know, I, I think the history books, Fifty years from now will tell us better of the difference. You know, I I think we're still really close to that time. Even even ten years removed, to really understand the effects. But I mean, we went. There were people that were liberated. There were people that uh, would have definitely been killed or harmed under the old regime. You know, that were, you know, were liberated. So, you know, I I, th- I think looking back, we can all say strategically there were some some things we could have done different. But I I think everybody that went there went there with the right. Mindset; they were they were trying to improve the lives or, or give hope to others. So you, well, that's
0: good, and congratulations. And I, you know, sorry for anybody that you lost that were friends of yours. Um, that's tough, and you know, I'm just glad you you were able to make it back safe. But you know, you came back from your last deployment in 2010, 2011. When did you finally retire from the U.S. Army?
1: So I retired February 2019. Yeah, so just about a year and a half ago, I, I transitioned out. So,
0: and how was that transition? I mean, can, was, did, did the Army give you everything you needed to be successful
1: on the outside? Well, you know, not only the Army, but the Air Force, because I transitioned out of McDill. And oh, so okay. I think the, the base of resources there, you know, there are the Army programs, but then there are these joint programs, too. I think you know, any, anybody listening that's in the McDill area, you know, knows probably McDill more than any other base as a, as a blend of all the other forces. So I think they actually have a, a, a pretty good program. Um, It's hard to compare it to others, but talking to my other friends, obviously, I have really close friends at Fort Bragg. They didn't really feel like they got much as far as resources or enough as far as resources. I found my transition to be an abundance of resources, not necessarily uh, from the military, but uh, in the local community here. So many people that, that wanted to be a part of my transition, and I'm so thankful for that. Awesome. You know...
0: Before we get to what you're doing now, which is a lot, yeah. you know, looking back on your army
1: career, is there anything you would have changed? Man, no. I mean, maybe some of those early Article Fifteens, but <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> about even, those. Even that, I had a great time doing it. So uh, <laughs> I don't think there's there's much I would change. I was that guy. I was always looking for the opportunity to go to that next place. I was single through most of my military career, so that was never. Never a problem. Like, what am I doing stateside? I'm wasting my time. I should be forward somewhere. Uh, and it was later in my career that you know I started a family and I, that worked out perfectly for me. So um, I don't think there's there's too much I would I would change. You know, I was happy to go on the deployments I did. I really enjoyed the career path I took. You know, maybe there's there's some schools I would have taken a little more seriously the first time. But no, I I I feel really good where my military career took me. It's awesome, you know. Before we, I know
0: you're doing a lot now. We mentioned earlier that I had met you, you know, at a Bunker Labs event last year, uh, yep. and, you're, and you're doing a lot. Let's get started there. Had it so you, you had you had a, a decent transition. You, you started a family. I know you just had a daughter. Yep tell us about the journey so far with bunker labs and what it is y'all do and a little bit about that bill and especially with the Resource Center tell us about the, those things
1: yeah I, I, you know so bunker labs has definitely been that that highlight that shining star and and um, that I've been able to be a part of since I, I transitioned out and I knew when I was leaving the military I wanted to be as, as connected to the community um, as possible and so I was looking for those like right, Opportunities to volunteer. I gotten involved in publishing, so I was making a lot of connections uh, in the local area, uh, telling the stories of, of companies in the in the Tampa, Florida area. And so I happened to uh, meet somebody from Bunker Labs, and we talked. I actually pitched Bunker uh, to be in my book, and I think they liked my pitch so much that, so like, a couple days later, they came back to me and they said, "Hey, you know, we we like what you're doing. Like, you're." Um, you know that you're involved in the community that you're getting out there we think you'd be a great city leader uh for bunker labs and i was like Absolutely, you know, this is the opportunity uh, I've been looking for as far as a volunteer opportunity to give back. And so what Bunker Labs is, is basically it's an organization that enables the military connected community, mostly like veterans and military spouses to start their own businesses. So we're not writing business plans or anything like that. You know, we're, we're giving encouragement, we're networking them with the, with the right individuals. We're opening up our, our Rolodex of people as city leaders and trying to get people connected with the right people.
0: You know, and I was very impressed. I was, there were, you know, a couple hundred people People there for the opening event and the enthusiasm and the level of support that you guys and gals got was was eye-opening to me I mean there's a great great base of transitioning veterans and people looking for help in entrepreneurship and y'all are definitely filling a need that that people need especially when they're just starting out so kudos to you
1: and I'd like to say that Tampa is kind of unique to some of the other cities as far as its um, support for entrepreneurship you know other cities get, get turnout but like no other city gets turned out like we do. So our, our events, our monthly events pre-COVID, uh, we'd get anywhere from, you know, on average, about 100, 120 individuals participating. And for that launch you were at, I think it was nearly 300 individuals. Yeah, it was so we- huge.
0: Well, that, you know, I know you're working on a program now. I think you have six or eight transitioning veterans or, or young entrepreneurs that you're working with. Tell us a little bit about that program as the cohort
1: yeah so this is a program it's called veterans in residence and that is a is a bunker labs program powered by WeWork. and so we work anybody's not familiar with that it's a co-working space and they have spaces all throughout, basically in all the major cities throughout the US. And so we works donates uh, the co-working space and those resources. So uh, we have a cohort, eight veteran entrepreneurs. Some got out more recently, some even got out like 15 years ago, right? So once you're a veteran, you're always a veteran. And whenever you wanna go into entrepreneurship is the right time to go into entrepreneurship. So it doesn't have to be right when you're transitioning out. So we have a, a great mix of uh, veteran entrepreneurs, with uh, businesses all the way from travel agencies to health insurance to meal prep services. That's awesome. Can you think of um, one or two success stories that you all have
0: had so far working with Bunker Labs? I know that's been recently you've been with them, but but you all do good work. So is, is there anybody that sticks out that you can tell us about? Oh, man.
1: So I, I don't think I can comment on any one specific. I mean, I, I do get messaged a lot that somebody will say, hey, I met somebody, um, you know, at one of your events that, you know, helped get my business on the right track. Um, you know, I, I get quite a few of those messages and positive feedback. So we're still a little early in the process for me to start touting the real success stories. But, you know, we do take surveys and polls after each event. And information is always extremely positive. And almost always somebody gains something from one of our events, you know, either a, a connection or information or a
0: resource. That's cool. So so let's just say I'm a veteran, I got out six years ago, and I'm looking for help with a startup. Tell me what I need to do, Bill, to get started with Bunker Labs.
1: Yeah, so I can give some, uh is so where I can promote some stuff, right, John? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's what we're here for, man. We wanna spread the word, spread the wealth. And if you haven't, I, I really think you should. You do need to go to our Bunker, or we yeah, have Bunker Labs online. And let me just double check the exact, it's kind of a new site that we have. Yeah, so it's, it's BunkerOnline.org. Okay, and so that's that's where uh, any veteran or somebody even wants to be up oh, just even if you're not a veteran, if you want to be a part of our community, the great things about the Bunker Labs is even though we're supporting veterans and raising them up, uh, we're not exclusive to veterans or the military connected community. So anybody in the business community that wants to be a part of Bunker Labs, we want them to to be a part of our community and let us know the the resources or offer mentorship or any of those things, right? So we can't do this in a vacuum. It has to be the entire community uh, committed to it. So uh, it starts with go into our bunkeronline.org and then you can sign up for an account there. And so we we basically have three main principles. We operate off of inspire, equip, connect. So it starts with connecting, those are our networking events. And obviously we've had to modify how we network and connect people, but we are still doing, um, we still have an array of online events with uh, some really awesome keynote speakers or panels. And we even have online networking events where we can like pair you up to connect with people. Um, so, you know, I would check out those events, uh, for connections and then anybody that that's a, an aspiring entrepreneur, right? So you have a great business idea and you don't know if you should go through with it yet on that same site, we, we have our, what we call launch lab online, and it's, it's probably about an hour or two of online training, kind of interactive training and self-reflecting. So it's going to take you through different steps, of the entrepreneurship journey, and you're going to self-reflect and. You know, maybe you'll decide that, yeah, you know, after you do those steps and those exercises, you might realize this is not the right time for me to do this or, okay, I think I've got what I need. It's time to move forward.
0: Yeah, that's a really cool option to have because it can cut through a lot of the red tape right off the bat and give you some ideas to think about for sure, because, you know, you know, you know, I was telling you earlier uh, my wife and I were in a small business for 23 years, and man, something like that would have helped us tremendously those earlier years. You know, John,
1: I, I get that. I get that a lot. You know, because we've only been in Tampa technically for yeah. September was our official launch, but we did a soft launch about a year ago. You know, I, I got one member in the cohort too. He's like, man, I, I was I was messaging Bunker Labs that they needed to have a chapter here in Tampa. You know, where was this a couple years ago? so it's here uh, now so yeah yeah. we're 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 here now and i i'm connected i got two amazing uh city leaders i work with they also have a ton of resources and connections Uh, eric maltese uh he's the ceo of EmerTech, and it's a a growing uh company here uh in the tampa area that gets a lot of press and then uh i'm sure you know uh valerie lavin who also um is the founder of action zone uh, which is uh takes uh veteran entrepreneurs through the ideation stage Wow, that's pretty, that's awesome work, man. It's like, you know, it's one thing
0: about USF, guys. You're always on mission, always, <laughs> always trying to do something. So, and, which leads me into the next thing that you're involved in, As co-founder of Guerrilla Gurus. Tell yeah. us what you guys are doing with that project.
1: Yeah, so uh, Gorilla Gurus is a um, brand new digital marketing agency. Uh, and, and our whole goal and, and mission is really to uh, give people, like, so they're, they're, we're using guerrilla marketing tactics, if you will, right? So things that um, aren't too expensive, but you get a lot of bang for your buck. Um, so you know we're managing social media campaigns, um, you know branding, do logo design. Um, we have a lot of other capabilities, but right now our our focus is um, on the social media because um, promoting yourself via social media uh can be uh even even though even if we're talking about sorry I, I know um you know there's a lot of things people like or dislike about social media but as far as uh, promoting brands um you know and engaging it's the, the best platform out there. So there's some really like low cost ways uh to do that. And um you know on a on a side note I'm I'm happy uh you know after this program but here's it if you want to reach out with me on uh you know on LinkedIn or any other platform, I'm happy to give them some tips too on some uh, free marketing that, that they can do for themselves if they have a business. Um, or, like I said, if they just don't want to do it themselves. Then that's that's what guerrilla gurus can do, um, and we can we can grow your following and engage. And we not we're not using bots either, so we're not taking the easy way out. Um, you know, we're doing real engagements and getting real feedback from people. So you guys just soft launched that recently, didn't you? Yeah. So our website went live uh, last week. So www.gorillagurus.com. Um, and we bought a bunch of the, all the misspellings of the domain. So even if you misspell it, you'll probably land on our page. Um, that's another guerrilla tactic. So there you go. That's a that's a free one right there. There you go.
0: Um, already giving away tips. <laughs> but, but that's good, though. That's called the give back. You know, yeah. so, you know, one of the reasons we even had this talk radio podcast show is because mm-hmm. – you know, a lot of veterans and especially combat veterans get a bad rap. You know, there's a stereotype yeah. out there that somehow by being in, 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 in armed conflict, they're broken. And you know, it, it, we read a story here and a story there and oh, was he or she a veteran when they did something crazy? And yeah. a lot of times they're not, but, but you know, tell us, you know, what, what would you like the, the general population, the civilian type people to mm-hmm. know about combat veterans? What would you like them to know?
1: man first of all we're not all broken um you know i i I saw a ton of stuff we all we all um man i'm not even able to like say this word i got uh anyway yeah we we were able to segment things um and so for me being in combat it was always something i always looked at this is my job right and then when i get back home i was able to to make that shift to okay i'm not not at work anymore so all those things that happen in combat, I just kind of associated with, with work, and I, I did my, my best to not bring them home with me. And I think I did um, a good job of that. And I realized that there's other people that, that struggle with that. And, you know, we need to support and reach out to those people and make sure they're, they're taken care of. But um, just because somebody's a combat veteran um, doesn't mean they're broken. It doesn't mean uh, they need your pity. Um, but we all want support, whether we're broken or not. Right. That's good
0: advice. And, uh, so let's just say there is a, a guy or a gal out there that's having that's struggling right now, and yeah. you know, you as a first sergeant, NCO, mm-hmm. you know,
1: what kind of advice would you give to them, Bill? Man, pick pick up that phone and just start calling people. I, I probably every person in your phone, whether it's a close friend or not, um, wants to be there for you if they can. Right? They're in your phone. You're old for a reason. You're struggling. Just pick up your phone and call somebody, you know? And I I think, you know, that, yeah, just just call somebody. Just reach out, talk to somebody. Hell, it could be a stranger. I just think our human nature is we want to help people. I really do, even though it doesn't look that way sometimes. One-on-one, if we connect and you say you need help, I can't imagine there's a person that says that they would need help that I wouldn't want to try to help in some way, and at least connect them with a resource. So just look to your left, look to your right, pick up your phone, and get in touch with somebody. Definitely. You know,
0: it's definitely, it's it's a simple thing. Sometimes it's difficult to do, but you know, you're not weak if you pick up the phone and call, buddy, because you're actually a lot stronger than you think.
1: Yeah, and if you don't want your friends to know, then then call a stranger. Guess what? They're still going to help you just the same. They may not understand what you're going through quite like a buddy would, but a stranger would still help you.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know, so where do you see yourself in a perfect world? I know it's COVID nineteen lockdown yeah. right now, but you know, where do you see yourself in, in the future? A year from now or five years from now? What do you hope to accomplish?
1: Well, so I see myself as always. I'm always going to be an advocate for for veterans. Uh, you know, I've found myself in in the veteran entrepreneurship space, um, but I'm always going to advocate for for veterans for um, for resources for you know uh, connections, right? Um, and then I think from that, you know, um, past that, I want to have you know a successful um, marketing company and. You know, that's that's on me, that's driving determination. All the resources and tools are out there. I've gotten the, you know, the education on it, and uh, now it's all about execution. Um, so I think that, and then other than that, I just want, um, yeah, I've, you know, I've got a, a daughter, uh, newborn, she's three months old, and I just want her healthy and happy. That's actually the only priority, is is her being healthy and, ha- uh, healthy and happy. <laughs> well, congratulations on her, um, for sure, man. Um, yeah
0: let me ask you this bill what is free what does freedom mean to you
1: yeah um i mean <laughs> in, in a way freedom means uh well, it means a few things but i think for one in the entrepreneurship space it's being able to fail right and having the opportunity to fail at things is is freedom um you know and i i don't i don't think we encourage Failure enough, <laughs> um, but you know. And the the other the other side um, to that of, of freedom is um, opportunity, right? So being able to create our own opportunities is freedom.
0: No, definitely a good answer. You know, every time I ask that question, I get a different answer, and yeah, and, and, and they're and they're impressive. Um, yeah, and there's no wrong one on
1: that, you know. There
0: <laughs> really isn't, you know. And you know, you mentioned failure, and you know, failures are stepping stones to success. So you're spot mm-hmm. on yeah does uh bill quigley have a um a personal mantra
1: that he lives by every day well we're gonna lead back to it but it's um or i've kind of already been hitting on it but it's don't be afraid to fail um i you know i think that's what keeps me out of my comfort zone um you know i I could have definitely gone a different route when i transitioned out and um you know i was like you know i'm I'm going to bet on myself or not just betting on myself. I'm going to make sure I do the things that, that make me the most happy. So, uh, once again, it's don't be afraid to fail. That That's what keeps me going.
0: Definitely an awesome mantra that carries a lot of weight. You know, I'm just impressed with your career. I'm impressed with your, uh, you know, how you look at life and, 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 and you being able to, uh, jump here into the civilian sector and, and start helping your brothers and sisters, uh. Who wore the uniform we've been talking to bill quigley first sergeant ex-first sergeant retired first sergeant bill quigley united states army special forces operator who um who has served this country with distinction and who is now on on his own mission with bunker labs helping veterans to transition and become entrepreneurs and successful business owners and he's just launched his uh, guerrilla gurus marketing company you know you're doing a lot and I just got to say, Bill, I'm glad that I met you, and I'm looking forward to building this relationship as we move forward. Yeah, man, I'm humbled and honored to have you on Straight out of Combat.
1: Yeah, absolutely, John. Hey, we're here to support one another, brother. So,
0: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, be careful what you wish for, man, because <laughs> you know, I would definitely follow up with you, and I'm going to check out yeah. the website, and, and hopefully— in my own capacity in some small way I'll be able to help you as well. So just appreciate you, brother. I I, uh, I wish your family and you uh, safety and, and good health. All I can say, Bill, is keep up the great work that you're doing. We need more Americans like you. Thank you, John. You up before they burn it down. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Out of Combat Radio, audio medicine from Green Zone Hero. If you liked what you heard, then tell others about us. Like us and download us. And please remember freedom is not free, and combat veterans are vital assets. They're not broken.